1: I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And
0: I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neo Modern, and Grumpy Old Man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well this morning. It's very windy. It is. Could you
0: see the bay?
1: Oh, I didn't see the bay on my way over. I was focusing on on driving.
0: Oh, that's good. Good thinking.
1: I wasn't looking at the water.
0: I'm not thinking about it. I'm looking at the water as I'm driving. Well, I'm always sort of scoping for pictures. Like, I should take... Like, this morning... Yeah. um, Well, actually, coming home last night, the moon... Did you see the moon?
1: No, Oh, my God.
0: It was enormous, and it was rising over the city. And I was in an Uber, and, uh, you know, I took a couple pictures with my phone.
1: Nice.
0: (laughs) It sucked. But I knew that I couldn't... I can't see that way from my apartment. Yeah. But I knew what that meant is that by morning, I would have a, a big moon setting
1: cool. and
0: so this morning i was up at you know five thirty or something and mm-hmm. it was a little high still and there's that challenge it's coming down yeah and the sun's coming up and you're starting to lose the the coolness and you know sometimes it works and sometimes i i, I took some pictures maybe what it was worked. the point of this i um, uh, just said
1: it was windy and oh, then then the, was that seeing the, point? the sea and then seeing the moon <laughs> that was the we, we diverted real quickly
0: <laughs> um how have you been i haven't seen you in a little while you look Good. great by the way i like uh, this is a. Uh, you're pretty woman at the horse races? Yeah. Is that what this Unintentionally, is?
1: Unintentionally, but yeah, I do feel like I'm somehow channeling that. That's I good. I just really wanted to wear a dress and a hat today.
0: You pulled that off?
1: <laughs> I wore both. I know. Well done, Suzanne. I know. And I told you my
0: daughter <laughs> looked at me in this outfit and was like, you can't, you're like, Dad, you used to dress so nicely. You
1: yeah. know, you just look like a founder.
0: <laughs> is that what I look like? Oh God! For to look this bad, I would have to be a lot more successful. No, I, think, not, to I mean pull no. That I off. think you've got and, the
1: Patagonia, like the yeah. the small, I the um, ultra lightweight down. The I, I just got
0: this actually because my other one just thinned out too much.
1: There's so many things I want to talk to you about. But I know oh, okay. my mind is full.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm I'm full of things. Well, okay. Well, a couple things. Our last show with photo camera was was really cool, and um, we have a. A bunch of his prints up in Neo Modern this I week. I know.
1: I walked in this morning, and it looks that they're beautiful. They're they're even better to see in person. It's
0: really nice, and uh, and he came and saw them. I Good. think. That, I don't think he sees his stuff printed out that much.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which is always interesting to me when someone's you think a wonderful photographer, and then yeah. they haven't really experienced their prints. Anyway, they're up, and uh, they'll probably stay up for the rest of the month. So come they're come on by Neomodern, check beautiful. it out. And it is Valentine's Day coming up. That's my promotional blog. That's it. Yes. But uh, pictures make
1: a bring get pictures printed of your significant other. Yeah,
0: well, we have a discount if you print a picture of you and a a, like a couple pictures or twenty percent off. Um, And then there's some specials if you come into the gallery that are different than that. That's cool. Like always good. So there's my. uh... I was
1: actually at a wedding, on Tuesday. And uh that that is the present that we we my sister and my mother and I went to a wedding in Hawaii and um wow. It was just a couple days. That's um, where
0: you've been this week.
1: Um I was there, I got there on Monday and then I we flew back on Thursday. And so That's so nice. We, uh, mm. but we took a bunch of pictures just like candid ones of, you know, it was a very small wedding, like a micro wedding, I guess they're called now, like 30 people. What? Yes, micro wedding in Kauai. Uh, you made that up. Kauai. <laughs> I've never and, had a um, micro wedding. It was, yeah, no, because it's like super, super small. It's like 30 people. And then... I mean, that, um, anyway, yeah, that's anyway that's what we that's what we're doing for presents. We're going to oh, give nice. them pictures from um, from those couple days.
0: Great. I know. It's a great idea. Pictures are always a great gift. Okay. okay. Uh, so there was that, the, the, the Kickstarter still going. There's okay. like another week of that. Good. Uh, hope, hopefully. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I've never done a Kickstarter. I mean, there's like 20, more than 20 people have, have bought or supported it in various ways. Great. I don't know if it's going to go through. How many more through? do you need? Uh, a million. Okay. A million six. I don't know. I'm a guessing. million
1: people. You need a million six people.
0: Okay. Something south of that. But I need more people. Okay. And, and honestly, the whole point of it is to find out if there's interest in, if there's a market for a kind of an unusual product. Yeah. So I guess I'll find out. Yeah. But they also say that... Uh, 3 quarters of the people sign up in the last 48 hours cuz oh. that's just human nature.
1: That is true. It's also when it, I feel like it gets promoted more on Kickstarter or something. Uh,
0: I don't know. Oh, and so the the other thing that kind of happened which was interesting and I thought maybe we could spend some time talking about it or maybe all of our time talking about yeah. it was um you know a couple of weeks ago there was a crit at Neo Modern and I sat with the photographers mm-hmm. and it was really wonderful to meet all these different photographers and we were looking at each other's pictures. But it dawned on me that a number of the photographers there had really different sort of dispositions, if that's the right word, about photography. Like mm-hmm. the things that they cared about and and the thing that they wanted to get good at and, and all kinds of stuff that they were talking about outside of the context of the image itself, just the, of just uh, being a photographer was stuff that the other photographers didn't really resonate with. So for instance, you know, if you're a studio photographer, you care a ton about like learning how to light things right. and your gear is super important. And, um, and there's a lot of being like a director you mm-hmm. know you're managing a team sometimes you have assistants holding this yeah. and you're guiding the the model remember you know um nigel right? right he's a perfect example yeah and he like he's a master he's like the captain of the ship right, right. that is a kind of photographer right. notwithstanding it has nothing to do with what he's taking pictures of just his way of approaching photography you look at someone like franz lanting who's mm-hmm. a wilderness photographer and he goes out to he researches some wild animal and he goes out into the wilderness and he'll sit there for days and days to get the picture
1: mm-hmm.
0: that is very different from nigel that's very different from me and then you have someone like cartier brisson or uh, or lots of street photographers or photojournalists who are walking around they're not telling anyone to stand there they're not right. setting up lights they have no assistance right that is a a third complete so okay so I was looking at these these various dispositions it at first I kind of broke it down and I and into what was four then five then I came up with kind of six different sort of photographers Mm -hmm. and I wrote it down and I posted it on my medium and I no one follows me on medium so it was seemed like a safe thing to do and maybe 20 people saw it but Petapixel, which yeah. is a big blog, uh, photographer's blog, saw it, and they asked if they could repost it.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I had pictures that I was using sort of illegally. Mm-hmm. I just grabbed friends' pictures mm-hmm. and for the... F- I didn't think anyone was going to even see this anyway. Yeah. And, I, and so I was kind of running it up a flagpole. Right. But the minute Petapixel saw it. Mean, you gave
1: them credit. You were giving I them- gave them
0: credit, but I didn't go and get permissions. Right. And in many cases, you know, for an Ansel Adams picture, you need to, you know, get permission from the Ansel Adams Fair. estate. Fair. Right? right? So, And I wasn't doing that. Um, even though I, I wanted to illustrate these different types with the kinds of some of the, the pictures and some of the photographers. Anyway, Petapixel picked it up, posted it in their world, And in 24 hours, it had thousands of shares, not views, shares, which I'd never seen before. And it had been seen hundreds of thousands of times.
1: I have read it. And you read it. It's very good. I I think what's interesting is you've done a great job at sort of breaking it down. I mean, I love like the hunter-gatherer kind of metaphor, the explorer metaphor. And there's you've done a really nice job. And maybe we can just list them here. You've already done kind of a a great paraphrasing of it. But um, how, how you've sort of taken these six... I, I liked the follow-up piece of the article, too, which was, uh, I, I'm actually forgetting your friend's name, not Carl's, it was, oh, it was Chris. Chris. Um, Chris had
0: actually been on our show.
1: Yes, yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Um, but I, uh, but how he was trying to align it with, sort of, psychologically, where do you fall on like the Miles Briggs, and how does that <laughs> align? I think that would be really interesting. I'm curious to see kind of where you fall within the
0: sex. Well, it was a funny thing. I mean, I, I was also interested in the trolling that was going on in the comment thread. There was oh, lots and lots of comments. I didn't comments. read any of that. And, and the I'm just, you know, I, I I know they tell you not to look at trolling stuff, and I, I'm, it's impossible for me to ignore it. I mean, I, right. I've, I've come to ignore it now, but like the, in the first moments where someone's like, don't put me in a bucket. Like, photographers, I'm all these things. And it's like, yeah. you know what, shut up. I yeah. don't care, you know, whatever. But the thing that Chris got me to think about was... I, I was just sort of gestaltic. Like mm-hmm. I was looking at these photographers and thinking about what they were like. And it took um, it took his um, imploring me to think more on, about the underlying traits than yeah. the sort of the, set, the overarching categories. And so I, I kind of thought about, well, okay, so there's these traits like controlling, this controlling things. Mm-hmm. You're either someone who likes to control that stuff or doesn't like to control all right. this stuff. Uh, and I, you can say that people are sort of both, but I don't think so. I think people who are interested in photography either have this sort of OCD nature to make it the way they want to make it. Right. And other people are really like, let's see what I can see. Yeah. So that's a, like, that's a continuum. Now, I'm not saying you're one or the other. I'm saying it's a continuum, and those are the extremes. But I think that uh, people who are studio photographers tend to be the controlling types. People mm. who are, are, street photographers tend to be the non controlling types. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. so yeah. controlling was one. Preparation
1: yeah. is
0: another kind of attribute. I don't do any preparation. Um I don't want to do any preparation. It takes the fun out of it. To me it's a spontaneous thing. But you know, if you're a wilderness photographer, you study up. Right? So uh and that patience is a total thing. And I used to I think even talked about it on the show that, um, you know, I said that amateurs take pictures while they're walking mm-hmm. and pros will, you know, stop walking and like experts will stop and sit down and like wait you know, for it, wait for it mm-hmm. right? And so that was an early version of me thinking that that's sort of one of those things. If mm-hmm. you want to get better, sometimes you need to not be just walking while you're taking pictures. Right. That will we'll get better like that. Um, gear. Mm-hmm you know like some photographers are gearheads it's like computer people sometimes are gearheads right right? and they own 50 lenses and tons of cameras and lots of gear and then there's other people who could care less Mm -hmm. um and i told you the joke or the uh, i told you that my dad when i wanted a Hasselblad when i was a kid yeah and he went and talked to Ansel Adams and came back and i don't know that he really this is what Ansel said to him but he came back and said a great photographer can take a great picture with any camera and a lousy photographer will take a lousy picture no matter how good their camera. Right. Therefore, you don't get a camera. Right. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> but that's... What you, I like yeah. that your dad just was like, oh, I'll go talk to Ansel. Ansel said. Hey, right. Did you? Did you, really, did you t- really? Or did you just come up with the answer that you wanted?
0: It's like one of the stories you tell kids, like the boogeyman will get right. you if you don't do right. something. Like Ansel says you don't need another camera.
1: It's <laughs> like, like well, the boogeyman, Santa Claus, Ansel Adams, and the two not right. They all hang out.
0: <laughs> what else? Oh, and then compositions, mm-hmm. you know, and then I got me thinking about composition. And I always come back to composition work, and I and what I really realized what this list was about was the way a photographer approaches composition, because some photographers don't care about composition overtly, and they can fix it in post. Right, you know, you just put all the elements where you want them. You're right. like a painter. Some photographers, like the studio photographers aren't going to maybe fix it in post, but they're going to set it up exactly the way they want it. Right. Right? Well, it, it, and then
1: it's like touch-ups or something. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But compositionally, they're, they're mm-hmm. setting things up. And then there's this sort of in-between of photographers who are just shooting out, out the car window without looking. Right. All the way to real formal compositions where you set things up. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it was. A, it, I really liked the response to the article. And I don't know, you, you looked at it. Do, where do you feel like you are... Like, what, what your interest in photography, now you've got a phone, you were in Hawaii.
1: Yeah, I think what's really interesting is I feel like I fall into, like, professionally, I'm much more the, like, the director. Like, this is where, this is what, what this should be, like, like, kind of the bigger vision and very directive. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think with the photography, because it's not my field of expertise, that I'm much more minimal. I'm much more about... Um, kind of experimenting kind of taking pictures on the fly in fact it's very hard it's not very hard but it's like more of a challenge for me to stop stop walking mm-hmm. stop and like step out of what I'm doing take the photo wait to make it great mm-hmm. you know like that that is that's what kind of where my challenge lies where professionally that is uh, like creatively in my day job is, That's there, not where I am. is
0: there frustration then when you like have this desire to create things in, and you are this director type mm-hmm. to maybe not feel that control in photography. So you're going to have this sort of frustration. It's never where you want it. It's not going the way you would set it up. And does that leave you frustrated or, or is that not? Or it's crossover? just an,
1: I think it might just be a, it's a release. It's like a, it's like a complementary creative outlet that I don't take myself so seriously where I just get to, I'm like, all right, just try, just do it. And I mean, and we've talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, I still struggle with the the director hat comes in when I'm posting it or sharing it. And I haven't been sharing photos because it's just like, I don't have the time to invest to make this where it should be to make it better. Mm -hmm. But I like taking, I like taking the photos. I like seeing them. I like seeing them get better. But then actually when I'm like putting them out in the world, then that... It's like this level of vulnerability that I feel doesn't align with maybe who I am, uh, hmm. like professionally. So maybe that, that very, very speaking, very honestly off the hmm. cuff, I haven't really formed these these thoughts completely. Oh well, well, I, I wonder that's the,
0: as a the director point. type, yeah. where you have this control over so many things in your life, posting pictures is is, is makes you very vulnerable. You don't control how
1: yeah yeah that's uh, many true. parts
0: of it, yeah. and I wonder if that might. I don't know. I'm gonna to to think about that.
1: We we now are diving deep into the psychology. The therapy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, did you want me to to lay down on the sofa <laughs> until we finish talking? <laughs> Please tell me about your childhood.
0: Yes. Well, I, okay, so I, the article got me thinking about a couple different directions. Mm-hmm. One is a, a book of photos that I read as a high school student, and it's stuck with me. And I've recently just re-zeroxed mm-hmm. it, uh, and it's called Mirrors and Windows. Mm-hmm. And the opening um, essay really kind of digs into and it's the sort of the state of photography in the late 70s is when or or from the 50s to the 70s or something like that Mm -hmm. and um one of the the points of the of the book really of the collection it's a moma show that they did back then was that all photography is either a mirror meaning it's reflecting something about the photographer more than the subject Mm -hmm. Or it's a window it's a it's an opportunity to explore the world and use this as a vehicle to see things
1: kind of like access I mean we heard Doug Manway talk about like this idea of access
0: that's right and that would be, and a lot of photojournalists you would say <clears throat> fall more into that uh, window Winding. kind yeah, of personality sense. and while they're not perfect archetypes generally they, they speak of minor white mm-hmm. who was the creator of the aperture magazine as sort of mirror dude mm-hmm. and like robert frank being the window mm-hmm. but it's not perfect because um you can argue that all photography is reflecting the photographer mm-hmm. and uh, but i think that they they do a really good job they break the book into these two sections but and it got that's me thinking, what
1: kind of got you started for this article yeah
0: well it got me thinking about it uh, you know of course it's horrible to be sort of pigeonholed for what kind of photographer you are but it's nice if it helps you think about photography and the thing that it got me thinking about was you know painters when you paint and your mom was a painter right painters every when you look at a painting every single thing in that image was put there right the object in a position In the lighting like someone thought about it and decided i'm putting a leaf there right you know it serves me in some way compositionally Mm -hmm. metaphorically whatever right to reveal character a photographer in some sense isn't doing that you just have whatever is out there unless
1: they're a studio photographer well
0: well i guess that's the point is that where painting every object has meaning Mm -hmm. in photography it's suspect you're not sure if every, like did the photographer mean that thing to be there or is it just happened to be there? Right. I can't really tell. Clearly, in post production, I can. When you look at Jerry Uelsmann's stuff, of course, for the most part, things are where he wanted them. He's right. composing it in post, and studio photographers are composing it in production. Mm-hmm. But it made me think that composition, that when you compose a photograph, at some in some way, you're you're stating visually, that you put things there, that they are there for a reason. It's not random that this picture looks like that. I made it look like that from my point of view, which is a a version of a photographer taking that ownership the way a painter does, that I've actually placed these things there. And I think that the the magic of photography is when you can compose beautifully, where these elements are harmonious and all that, but it doesn't feel heavy-handed. Yeah. you know and if you followed a rule in some way it's it's just it's cloying it's just out there like this is structured right and it feels like almost too gross and where you want to be too obvious is, yeah like Fred Astaire dancing you mm-hmm. want to make it look effortless right like it just happened and, and yet it didn't just happen someone mm-hmm. made it happen and how do you tread that line between composing something that feels like it is natural and not um, but still harmonious in a way that it couldn't possibly have been just the way when I pull my camera out, it just doesn't look like that mm-hmm. so that's what got me thinking about the the way we compose naturally and and of course sometimes you want it to look like you composed it because for for some other reason it's like highly composed right you know I have a very centered object and nothing around it. But I think that the composition, like, it's not that there is a rule of composition. It's just that you need it to have the right level of feeling the hand of the photographer in there that you choose.
1: That each photographer chooses. Right. Each Mm -hmm.
0: photographer chooses how much, how obvious it is Mm -hmm. that they've composed this picture for you. I I don't know where I'm going with that.
1: Actually, well, where do you fall? I mean, we pretty fall within the sex
0: I really I, I think that I'm the i mean I'm the hunter gatherer. I'm the cartier Brisson. i mm-hmm. don't I don't want to plan. I don't want to compose. I don't want to direct. I don't want gear. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think what happens if you plot all of those attributes, well, sure anybody could be any of them at any level, right. but the truth is. I think people clump. If you're if you're a street photographer, you have a bunch of these attributes, and right. if you're a wilderness photographer, you have a bunch of those. And so, yeah, there's infinite permutations—not infinite, but mm-hmm. you know, six factorial, maybe mm-hmm. permutations of these things. And the log
1: of six. What <laughs> I said, the log of six.
0: Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. And so I think that um, I tend to want to have that experience of photography, very hands off. I I want to witness the world I want to see it unchanged and see if I can compose on the fly mm-hmm. that's the fun of it for me right but that's not the fun of photography for everybody right you know sometimes you just want to be where that you saw this thing and and document it and it's very pictorial and mm-hmm. it's very exterior um, but the composition is important to me and the fun is if can you do it quickly yeah you know and if you can't do it quickly the photographers of landscapes and still lifes they do not need to compose quickly right they have the same necessary skills of composition as a street photographer but they can sit and stare at it and move around the mountain isn't going anywhere the bowl of fruit isn't going anywhere the model right. for the most part might not be going anywhere That is such a different thing than um, a photojournalist running, you know, in a war zone and composing this picture.
1: Moment to moment. Yeah,
0: and maybe it doesn't matter, you know, the journalist is just trying to document this information and give it back to people that they have the access to see and they're showing us what it is. But they can take it one step farther by composing that image beautifully. That's what Sebastiao Salgado uh, does so beautifully. His pictures are pure journalism, but off the rails kind of beautiful compositions beautiful photographs Mm -hmm. um
1: i think what's interesting is i mean photography you do have this immediacy that it is possible with this uh with the technology where especially with digital even but even when it was still when people were still shooting film it's um it's faster than a painting mm. for all intents and purposes but not everyone wants to take advantage of that immediacy. Like sometimes it is like, I want to craft this. I want to think of this like a painting and whether it's taking a longer time in production to make sure that they're getting it just right or being that explorer and they're making sure the light is falling in the mountain just how they need it or they're being the kind of the the pixel master and they're going to take the photo but then they're going to spend the time sort of painting it later. Mm -hmm. I, I just find this kind of the spectrum of that really really interesting on how i guess it's almost like a cross what is it a cross matrix Mm -hmm. um on like where people plot out it'd be really interesting to sort of see it visually like a like an interactive sort of grid that you could that you could predict where people where you think people fall but then also have individuals that are taking photographs or there's some sort of algorithm to even populate where people might fall and then they could they could figure it out, like if they agreed or if they didn't agree.
0: Well, I would love to build it into a software product yeah. because that's the way I look at this stuff. Yeah. It would be really fun. Uh, it probably needs to be one of those free little apps that oh, people totally. play with, and, It'd
1: be and, fascinating. and you know
0: what kind of photographer you. plug in your your, you know your, Myers Briggs. you know you plug yeah. in your numbers, and then it, it kind of reveals. What your kind of general disposition is if you hadn't really thought of it
1: from your head but then also if you could just plug in your work like plug in like
0: you can't tell by looking at a picture all the time what whether that was set up painted like the end result doesn't always tell you this which was part of my issue like and and my joke in the in the essay was mm-hmm. that shooting an alligator did you right. see that at I the have, end
1: no I thought that was a great way to sort of to summarize it three people have people.
0: got alligator pictures right. right and so they must be wilderness photographers right but it's not about the subject yeah. You know, it's like one of them set it up and had light, had assistants lighting the alligator. Right. And one of them <laughs> camped out by the alligator thing and just yeah. waited for three days until the sun and the moon and the yeah. turtles and the alligator were on the yeah. right spot. And, and then the other, you know, Cartier person's walking by the lake, sees an alligator and gets mm-hmm. it, like, as it's grabbing someone. You know, it's like, it's just And then very... the fourth
1: person just takes any picture and then makes it what they want it to be. That's right. put an alligator in there. That's yeah. fine, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I feel like you have such a, um, not disregard but i mean like it is so not your like you're so much more a purist when it comes to photography and so when it's someone that's like painting with imagery Mm -hmm. i feel like you you definitely don't see that as much as being a photographer you see it as like an an image maker but not totally photography
0: and i say that with love because i think jerry yulsman is one of my biggest influences Mm -hmm. and i and i think and photoshop i was at adobe and like i really appreciate all that stuff It's just not the joy of photography for me. Right. You know, I used to, I remember film editors when we were kind of developing all that digital nonlinear editing Mm -hmm. tools for filmmakers. They'd been cutting celluloid for, for their entire careers. And here I am as a kid and I show up from Lucasfilm and I'm like, this computer is going to change the way you make movies. It's so flexible and you can change anything and make 10 versions. And I remember Gabriele Cristiani, who was uh, the editor for Bernardo Bertolucci, who I'd been working with saying like you're missing the point like i like editing it's like i don't just like the finished result of editing right. i like cutting r- rolling through film and right. looking at it on the thing and like I, and i'm while i'm rolling it down wheeling through hundreds of feet of film i'm thinking and right. mulling right. it watching how like it has lots of context and and you take all that away and now you say it's instantaneous but i don't know what i'm going to do like I, it's editing isn't instantaneous
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and I very early got an appreciation that like we're changing it and it it isn't necessarily for the better. Certain aspects get better. If you're in the money business of making shows, you could make them faster and certain creative things. But if you're the editor, uh, you don't want to forget that some of the joy of this is the doing of it in the old way. Yeah. And so for photography, for a lot of people, the digital is, takes away the joy. Like there is this continuum of kinds of experiences mm-hmm. that you can have. Um, I don't have any particular love for the, like, I wish I was in a dark room or I need to be on silver, you know, silver emulsion types of products. Right. But I also feel like, um, you can go too far, you know? And, uh, it is a craft and you want it to be craft-like. You know, when I was reading, um, I was rereading Mirrors and Windows this, mm-hmm. you know, the other day, um, and... Even in 1978, so this is decades before phones and all that, yeah. they were discussing how photography used to be a real craft, mm-hmm. and now technology had made these cameras so easy that it had lost a lot of the craftsness of photography and had become much more about the content. Hmm. And I thought that, like, they were already bemoaning it in '78, right. <laughs> realizing that it wasn't a cliff when digital phones came out. It was just a more of a continuum that had been going on for a hundred years about how photography is getting simpler, so it act more people can access it. Mm-hmm. But it's changing from the sort of the craft to a language. In fact, they use the expression that, like, originally it was more like. Um, uh, stone carving mm-hmm. like it was a craft you learned it from someone it right. had a physical thing to it and not many people did it and now it's not about the carving anymore it's much more like language now yeah. everyone can learn the language of photography um, and that's another aspect to mm-hmm. it that's um, not superior to the craftsmanship but just further down the path you, it, it, there's no longer this gating item so it just kind of moves right into the next layer of it I, I wish should I could pull it out, but um I don't know
1: it just it makes me think of this th- these questions, kind of the the six buckets, but moving forward, it' be interesting not to ask not to ask the photographers we're interviewing what they fit into because then that sort of demands that they've they've read the article and everything like mm-hmm. that, but just asking them the basic questions, like how important is preparation to you? How important is um,
0: just the underlying control, questions. the underlying
1: questions of where this falls because I think that would be I think it's I think it's interesting. And also as I'm looking at Photocommer's work right now on Mm -hmm. the wall, but thinking of the kind of the hybridness of how much goes into prepping and but then not, you know, then it's like the model is the one that he's on radio, D- do this, do this, or mm-hmm. don't do that, don't do that, be, co- be safe, be safe. And then it's like, oh, but that's beautiful. But, right. <laughs> <you know? laughs> okay, don't be too safe. That's really cool. <laughs> but um, it's sort of leaning into, like, understanding what he's looking for and the idea, but then leaning into the serendipity of the moment.
0: hmm hmm I, I did a shoot on Monday or Tuesday or oh, something this week. Yeah. And Tell me
1: about it. Well, you know, a,
0: a friend of a friend came over mm-hmm. and... Um, and it was one of those things where i always say it's improvisation like Mm -hmm. i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't know what the light's gonna be i don't know what she's gonna be like uh or and so but it's very strange to have this sort of session booked that i don't really like i've done zero preparation for right because it just feels moot i don't know why i would prepare so she basically shows up and it's like okay Um, and I also don't want to like just do the same thing I always do. So, so you're just sort of sitting there talking and just looking around and thinking, um, let me stand over there and, and what starts to happen is it's like banter. It's like a conversation, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's physical. It's like, just be you for a little bit and I'll start being, being me and looking and seeing what I see. And we just started riffing and it's some of the best, sort of studio, for lack of a better word, pictures I for for just an hour and a half sh- of shooting mm-hmm. and the light is, you know, going down it's sort of late in the day, there uh, I usually end up with like one out of a hundred pictures I kind of like, yeah. but there was uh, maybe a half dozen pictures, maybe more, that were so different from each other, it was, it was hard to believe it was the same day, the same model, the same lighting, kind oh. of, uh, with no real post-production, just and i was surprised by how much like after shooting in my apartment for six years mm -hmm. with no in the same way that it still is a, a a new experience it's dynamic and there's always pictures that surprise me right that's such a strange thing
1: well i mean so much has to do with honestly the just the connection between you two like you said it's banter some conversations are banal and mm. tiresome and some are well that was really interesting like what is you know what a strange take on that or like let's talk about that more so i think you can have i think that's really i think can that's it be taught
0: do you think it can be like can know, you teach I, someone to be a conversationalist
1: Well, i would imagine i mean if nothing else just <laughs> putting your exposure out to you know other things that could be interesting but um i don't know that may be an interesting like Next, we should do just a short episode on the zero prep photo shoot. And just like, let's talk through it Like in it's great ter- It is terrifying. Oh, it is terrifying. It is it's terrifying. terrifying. Like
0: There's expectation that someone,
1: mm-hmm. they're
0: sitting there. You're right. It's like improv where you can't, you don't say no. You just keep trying things.
1: Well, and that's a great lesson. I, I mean, like the whole yes and with mm-hmm. improv. It's just, mm-hmm. there isn't a wrong answer. And I think as soon as you would go into that position of like, oh, no, no, don't do that. Then it. It almost like removes this what in theater there's like this suspension of disbelief. But it's um it's almost like this veil that kind of goes over that or maybe it's like this veil that goes over both of you. Like you're both under the sheets and you're mm-hmm. able to like have this like fantastic, um, imaginative world. It doesn't matter what's out there, but the moment that it's like, no, 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 then you're like, oh whoa, it's like someone rips that off and then the bright light of day comes
0: in mm-hmm. and then you're mm-hmm.
1: much more self-conscious of every thing. I I don't know, I really love that idea of like yes and like whatever you're doing because especially if it's digital there's no risk there's nothing lost it's, it's just totally
0: true keep going but it is like i did another shoot a couple of days later almost the same lighting right and i could just feel like the, there are many nice pictures there too mm-hmm. but it didn't have nearly the level of uh, of um sort of magical new new pictures for me
1: should we talk about this as like a a separate little yeah snippet? maybe yeah yeah we could do we that next like week
0: a, we could talk about like let's
1: I would love to like just a zero zero prep photo shoot and I'll ask you a lot of questions on what happened like okay. from the moment she arrived what was different okay. and then we okay. can compare and contrast because I think I think getting to the bottom of this would be really inter- not to the bottom of this but I mean just starting there's to no, talk about this there's, there's no
0: really... bottom it's an unbottom well
1: there are bottoms that's a nude shoot. <laughs> That was a really bad dad joke. Wasn't yeah, it?
0: really. God. <laughs> um, well, I wonder to. Uh, I would recommend if For you haven't Ikea seen. a story. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll t- take it back. I'd love to talk more about the the six types of photographers. The the, the petapixel post edited it slightly, um, and I kind of. Although I'm really glad that they they tightened it up. And they, they were the ones who came up with the idea of, like, name the categories. Yeah. I, I didn't really have names. At one point, I was calling the – what was the adventure? I, I had a name that was, like, the stalker. Mm.
1: Which I didn't the mean explorer. it in a pejorative way. That yeah.
0: became the explorer. But to me, it was sort of like whether you're photographing a wild animal or – um, a movie star, mm-hmm. you're sort of waiting to see if you like a paparazzi or kind right. of waiting out there. So I thought that the disposition might be similar at some level as far as, but it's so negative. A paparazzi has such a negative connotation. The, and, and I just And mean,
1: stalker. And stalker
0: has even worse. Right.
1: <laughs> so, so, so
0: petapixel smartly edited yeah. some of these ideas, uh, the names of things. Um, but anyway, I think that that is. I thought it would be cool to talk with photographic educators a little bit about that. Mm, Yeah. Um, I'd put out a call to Chris Sanford. Remember we talked to her early Um, and she's a professor. And I thought, I'm curious if she sees any credence in in this. And and again, I'm not trying to put photographers in buckets, but I am trying to understand in the world of photography, we tend to break things down by um, subject matter. You know, I photograph portraits, I do landscapes, I do wilderness. uh, And I think that that's a way that you can break things up. But for me, and it's always hard, right? When you think, well, I shoot landscapes and portraits, you know, I do all that. But my nature is kind of the same, whether I'm doing a landscape or a portrait. What is your approach? Yeah, Yeah. I'm not, I'm not planning it out that much. It's just, and so I thought that this might be another way to kind of think about what, what, kind of photographer you are what you like about photography yeah. i mean sometimes photographers are broken up by the equipment they use i'm a pinhole camera person or i have a right. plastic camera or right. I'm a large format and again i think that as a photographer i use lots of different types of cameras but i don't know that the, my disposition changes that much mm-hmm. so anyway um i, I invite uh, educators in photography to discuss the essay a little bit maybe over coming months we can i
1: love that we can I come That's back. great.
0: Uh, and then, of course, the Mirrors and Windows essay. I will link to it because I think it's freely available as a PDF. So in I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, and so that's pretty good. What else? Is there anything else you want to? Oh, I also i have taken down most of my pictures that were up at Neo Modern and, and replaced them back with both photo camera stuff mm-hmm. and uh, the classics because. You know, they're the classics. All right, let's wind it down, and next week we'll we'll dig into some more of these uh, shooting things.
1: Sounds perfect. Well, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe.
0: We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thank you to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope you've given me some things to think about. Until next time.